0: I can't find a seconder usually when I prefer this, but I don't care. I don't need a seconder. My own opinion is enough for me and I claim the right to have it defended against any consensus, any majority, anywhere, any place, any time. And if anyone who disagrees with this can pick a number, get online, and kiss my ass.
1: First things first, Alabama State Bar Rules of Professional Conduct Rule 7.2e requires the following language in all attorney communications. No representation is made that the quality of legal services be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. My name's Harry Still, Backwood Southern Lawyer. My partner in crime, Paul Rip, is here with me today. From the Rip Report, sound off, Paul.
0: Yeah, looking forward to, this is what, number 26?
1: It is. And
0: I don't have to read a disclaimer or anything that the RIP report says. The RIP report's responsible for and glad to make public.
1: And Reigns is on the phone with us from the uh, Houston desk. How you doing, Reigns?
2: Oh, man, we're hanging in there, waiting for it all to fall apart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, so the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to cut to a video video. Uh, This came out last week, or or, I'm sorry, two days ago, and um, we want, I think it gives a good snapshot of what's going on right now, so uh, run it for us, Nick.
3: As we reported at the top tonight, Dr. Anthony Fauci of the NIH telling Congress just today that our system of testing for the virus across this country is failing. President Trump today said about testing, it's been going very smooth. And this image tonight, it was just days ago at Mar-a-Lago, the president with Brazilian officials there, and you can see the man on the right with the hat on, he's now tested positive for coronavirus. Obviously a lot of questions about this. The White House tonight saying the president does not need to be tested. Here's our chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl.
4: President Trump today insisted when it comes to coronavirus testing, everything is going according to plan. Frankly, the testing has been going very smooth. But today, even some of the president's fellow Republicans weren't buying it. People should
2: not say, if you want a test, you go get a test right now. That's coming, that's not here at this point.
0: Well, we're not the best equipped nation in terms of testing, that's that's absolutely obvious. We all want on a date. We all wanna be told by Friday, there'll be 10 million tests available. The problem is, they can't tell us that.
4: And there was that acknowledgement from Dr. Anthony Fauci, the government's leading expert on coronavirus. The idea of anybody getting it easily the way people in other countries are doing it. We're not set up for that. Do I think we should be? Yes, but we're not. And the president also falsely said today that everybody coming to the United States from Europe is being tested. Well, we have them very heavily tested. If an American's coming back or anybody's coming back, we're testing, we have a tremendous testing setup where people coming in have to be tested. That claim is not true. ABC News has spoken to multiple people who returned to the United States today from Europe who were not tested. The CDC did not respond to questions about the president's comments. Today, the president is facing questions about whether he himself should be tested after he was photographed over the weekend in Mar-a-Lago with a Brazilian official who has tested positive. Let's put it this way, I'm not concerned. Here is another image of the president with the same man who tested positive. Still White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham said in a statement, quote, both the president and vice president had almost no interactions with the individual who tested positive and do not require being tested at this time. So let's get to John Carl. And I wanted to get back to that image, John, that you just reported on because
3: a lot of attention was paid to what we saw today. President Trump, it was just a couple of days ago obviously standing right next to those officials from Brazil, the the man on the far right there is now tested positive for coronavirus right next to the president. We know that several Republican senators who were at that event have self-quarantined, but you've learned that the president uh, has not been tested himself.
4: David, I actually checked just minutes ago and still the president has not been tested and White House officials say they do not believe he needs to be tested. All right, John, thanks. Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel
1: videos down um it was a it was a video from from yesterday rains and it, and it was uh talked about the coronavirus uh and the federal response so far so i've been doing a lot of uh research on this trump's uh, explanation yeah trump's, <coughs> and, and and we'll get we'll get to that in a minute but uh uh one in particular that i thought was real good was uh Uh, sam harris who is a phd neuroscientist uh his podcast making sense episode 190 and 191 they you know he's got people from john hopkins and you know smart people uh they're saying that a vaccine is no more than no better than 18 months away that's if we crack Mm -hmm. if that's if we crack it and come up with some way to make a vaccine um and and so here's something that uh that I wanted to walk through and something that I didn't realize um, that we already have coronaviruses. Um, they just don't cause COVID-19. Um, they cause the common cold. So about 20% of the time you get a cold, you're actually catching a some form of a coronavirus. It just It's an upper respiratory infection as opposed to what COVID-19 does to your body, which is it attacks your lung tissue. And if you're an old person... That, that can cause a bacterial infection, which gives you pneumonia, which I be, it sounds to me like it's the mo- pneumonia that gets you. Um, yeah. So watching Congress uh, Wednesday, I'm sitting there wa- uh, watching it on, uh, it was right at noon, and uh, I, I remember I had court at one, and so I was watching it on my phone, and all of a sudden, the chairperson comes on and says, everyone's been recalled to the White House. And then, of course, that's when we had the big announcement from the president that he was suspending air travel uh, from Europe. And and it at first, and I I know you guys in the group text saw it. Uh, he said products from Europe, and I was, and that's when I sent the text to y'all about the Airbus yeah. parts. It's going to be hard to build a uh, Airbus. Uh, what what do they call that thing they built over there? A Three oh six.
0: Mm, they didn't suspend it for the UK either. I thought that was, you know,
1: right. Um, so uh, let's let's just talk about the <laughs> uh, the the state of things. Um, and these and some of this is critical, and some of it's not. Uh, 2018, Trump cut the epidemic response team budget by fairly significantly. Uh, whether this one is the big one or not, you know, this is a good dress rehearsal. So about every. So, typically, these avian viruses are come from ducks, and the vector from ducks to humans is a pig. So, it usually goes duck, pig, and everybody remembers swine flu, H1N1. So, about every 15 years, we have something jumping from one species, going into something that's very similar to us. You know, range, you can get a pig heart. That's how similar we are yeah. to a pig. So... Mm-hmm. So pigs are typically the animal that allows the virus to then mutate and enter into humans. That We saw that with SARS and some other things, okay? So let's just talk a little bit about SARS and H1N1. Um, SARS is extremely aggressive. If you get SARS, it's like 60% chance you're going to die, which could be a good thing about SARS, Right. Um, and we'll talk we'll get into some technical terms here in a little while uh so every 10 to 15 years we have something like this come around maybe it's a big deal maybe it's not but the the big deal about this one is it's new to our species we have no idea how it's going to react the information that the epidemiologists are dealing with they're dealing with people in completely different situations you're where you're in china where you know hell that uh, in rains nobody remembers MySpace, but uh, I do remember your MySpace page uh, during the Tiananmen Square incident. Well, I mean yeah, hell they'll run people over with tanks and stuff over there. Of course they can enforce right. a quarantine. So so right. then so then the next place that we look with data is uh, South Korea. For some reason, no one under twenty died in South Korea. Now it could be that. Those kids had a very common, a very similar coronavirus in the form of a cold recently, and that gave them some cross immunity. the The scary thing is nobody knows, and and even the experts. So, you know, if we had the Spanish flu of 1918, uh, it just it shows us how fragile the economy is, and and when we're dealing with a and I'm gonna be pandemic critical of the president here, pandemic. He was in a meeting with, was it the Columbia, was it Colombia or Brazil? Brazil. Okay. It was, so, so, Brazilian. The, so the Brazilian Make ambassadors Brazil translator or somebody in the group has coronavirus. We know he does. And the president hasn't self-quarantined or self-isolated or not that we know. I mean, you know, there could be things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But it looks to me like he's still doing his thing. So let's talk about. There is no doubt.
2: There is no doubt in my mind, and I will stand on this mountaintop. And by God, prove me wrong in two weeks. But the president has it. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he is infected with the virus. That's why he won't submit to the testing. Okay, so let's talk about. You you think the You think the stock market tanked the other day? Way it turns out that the president's got coronavirus, it'll go to the bottom.
1: Okay, so so let's talk about way down. And and you guys know I'm a big nerd and I like watching <laughs> documentaries and reading stuff nobody else is interested in but um you know of of all of the global killers that we can do nothing about this is one that we should be ready for and uh we shouldn't be making half of the world's uh IV bags in uh Puerto Rico. Did you know that we have an IV bag shortage, Paul, because the hurricane took out the the plant that makes half of them on the planet and that was in Puerto Rico. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's just like, uh, what if I told you that the United States military has no more access to these drugs than Paul rip. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, but but it's like, it it would be like saying we're going to, uh, outsource all of our munitions production to pick a country. Well, the
0: thing that got me was that they said that they, they're claiming, they sent out like a, a million plus tests, but these were to individual independent vendors and the independent vendors have not told anybody yet where they're sending them. So nobody knows who's got them. I just, I don't get it. I okay. don't get
1: it. So, oh, so, oh, are you ready for this?
0: Yeah.
2: You're going to love this. Guess how many tests the VA has administered in the last week?
0: Uh-uh. No idea.
2: The entire eight,
0: eight. VA. Uh-uh. <laughs> don't 40. Have, 40. My God.
2: 40 in the last week. The entire Veterans administration wow has tested 40 people we you have, and
1: me can't go to the VA and get a test right now yeah
0: we, right. have, we have something like 370 thousand veterans in Alabama alone so,
1: so yes, range let's talk about uh, so so I think that the president's little speech the other day was more about calming the economy down calming people's nerves about the economy. The world's nerves are shot on the economy. Let's focus on saving people's lives. Do you agree with that? Okay. I don't.
2: Oh, you don't? (laughs) I don't agree with that.
1: Did you drop your phone down in the garbage disposal? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
2: I'm getting some water. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go off, and I'm going to give you my 10-minute treatment on this. That, That message I sent in our group text the other day, was only half kidding. We are past. People say, "Oh, you shouldn't be panicking. You shouldn't be stressing." You. You're right because we're way past that point. The U.S. economy is going to completely collapse within 30 days. Oh no! You're, because of this virus?
1: Nah, we've been through this before, man. Trust me. Well, I, let
0: me tell you something, rains. Um, I'm listening very, very hard because I've been in tourism for almost 30 years of my life and, and I know tourism in Central America and different places. And the most common denominator of the virus is airplanes. I mean, that's just common. Well, so far,
1: so, so So far far. it is.
0: Well, so far, but I'm talking about, you know,
1: intercontinental transmission. Yes. The airplane.
0: Well, yeah, but let's say you're going to fly to Houston. Who the hell wants to get on a plane?
1: Not not me. Know? So so anyway, you know,
0: uh that's the, the tourism aspect, the economic aspect, I, I can see it, man.
1: I can see it. That that really is extremely scary. All I right, mean, so so I think we're I think we're switching from economy being paramount. We know there's gonna be a twenty-five percent drop in the stock market, if not worse. But you worse. know obviously if you don't need your money in the next Two years, years. <laughs> don't touch it, <laughs> yeah. yummies. Don't go. Oh yeah, pulling yeah. yeah Leave money out in the market. market. Yeah, it's, it's too late. late. Yeah, my
2: my my 401k is down forty percent from last year, but that don't mean I'm cashing it out. I'm just leaving it. All right, right. so since you know, we I'm,
1: since we're over the hump, that we're not worried about economy anymore, let's talk about health incentives to close schools. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk, reactive school closing. That's where you close a school when a child become test positive. All right. Um, by the time you do that, it doesn't help much. Epidemiological uh, studies show right. that you're only uh, reducing the total number by 24% and shortening the peak. Um, so let's talk about proactive school closings, right? So back to the Spanish flu of 18, uh, 1918, uh, they did a study after – Uh, Afterwards, uh, they looked at uh, proactive versus reactive school closings. And one of the most telling uh, statistics that I saw was St. Louis versus Pittsburgh. Uh, St. Louis closed its schools earlier and longer, and it had half the death rate of Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh just kept on humming, and they had a a significantly higher rate of deaths. Okay, so here's what you do. You set a threshold, and you say, if there is a coronavirus or uh, COVID-19 case within 40 miles of this school, we're going to close it. You have to make arbitrary calls in the beginnings in these things. Or Okay, we know, it, we know it's going to spread. We know it's going to get here, right? Do you agree with that? Yes. Like there's hardly any way for us to imagine that this this virus yeah. will not affect us, okay? So here's what we want to yeah, do. That's- okay, so northern Italy right now, back to my statistical analysis, northern Italy right now is making decisions about which patients get a ventilator and which ones are going to die because everybody got sick at the same time and they're overwhelming the healthcare system so if right. you if you look at the map that we had up last time and of course we know it's bull crap uh, mississippi and alabama were the only two states 3 days ago that had no confirmed cases well of course we had no testing kits or anything else but it's indicative of what we want to happen we want this illness to be spread out over the next 8 months and unless you're one of the first people that walks in, walks into the hospital with it if you're the if you walk into the hospital 3 weeks after you know, a major surge in cases, there may not be anybody there to take care of you. That—that's the reality right. of it. There. Uh, okay, so True. we. So let's talk about this. We close the schools. One of the paradoxical things about closing the school is one of the parents more than likely is going to have to stay at home. Well, it can't be the nurses because thirty-eight percent of healthcare workers have a damn kid in the school system. Okay. So, Daddy's gonna have to stay home, and Mama making fourteen dollars an hour is gonna have to go risk her life at the hospital. Here's the other thing: if you if if you are need an epidural steroid injection in your neck, back, or shoulder, go get it now. Don't wait two weeks from now when the hospitals are covered up with people, and you need a non medical of uh, medical care, non emergency medical care.
2: Um, let me uh, let me speak. Let me speak to this. I spoke. I uh, had a phone conversation yesterday with a, a very dear friend of mine. She's like a sister to me, and she's a superintendent in Mississippi.
1: How does she kiss? And huh? You from Mississippi? Is she good kisser? Oh uh, well, I, I don't know. I guess. Uh, <laughs> you said she was like a sister a, to a, you.
2: She's a, uh, He's lost in thought. Mouth. He's <laughs> deep in thought. God damn it! Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I had a long conversation with her yesterday, and um, she talked about that because Mississippi is not shutting down schools right now. And she said the reason is is 68% of the entire enrollment public schools in the state of Mississippi, students are on free lunch. Right. So that means that's uh, breakfast and lunch at school may be the only meals they get in a day. Also, they're worried about the economic impact, like you said, of a parent having to stay home with a kid, and so they're they're trying to, to keep them open as long as possible, just so kids get fed. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a district superintendent telling oh. me that that's what the state is looking at. Is that we, you know we've got to feed these kids? That's the only meal they get. sixty eight percent.
0: Yeah, I heard a similar yeah. report. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: And that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So, my school district that my son's enrolled in, has they were on spring break this week. Well, they added another week to it. But I was a volunteer at their school on Friday. They had field day, you know, where the kids all go and do like all day PE. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was volunteering. I'm looking around and I, you know, these kids are sweating, runny noses. They're lining up, dogging on the water fountains. I said, if somebody at the school is testing, has got this coronavirus, they've all got it. So there's no point in trying to contain it, and I believe that nationwide, the containment part of this is long past. Yeah, but at whoa. this point, you've got to look at you've got to look at like my school, Humboldt ISD is the largest school district in the state, and they're looking at letting the kids go back to school simply because the economic impact of having mom and dad at home. Is too much. And I, I'm not going to downplay this. The economic collapse is coming. This, this, this virus has done wonders as far as poking holes and how fragile our economy is. Paul, you talked about tourism. This is going to be 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, and the Spanish flu all wrapped up in one. Mm. The tourism and hospitality business is set for complete collapse within the next two weeks.
0: And it'll and it will. That's a
2: fact. I'm I'm I was compiling an essay on it for a, a professional group I'm in for bartenders. Like, look, guys, if you if you didn't have a plan for getting laid off for thirty days, you need to have one now because it's about to end.
1: Well and everybody needs to going have. out. Everybody needs to have an emergency plan. What if? Yeah, uh, well people in the service industry usually don't because
2: we don't live that way. Yeah, we're day to day people.
0: This is broad. This is gonna be the Caribbean, Central and South America, Asia, Australia. Everyone, look what's happening in Italy. They virtually have Italy shut down. Well, they do have Italy shut down parts of it.
1: All right. So I want to talk mortality rates again. South Korea, they had a, a test group of five thousand. China, their test group was forty-four thousand, and they're they're claiming that their that mortality rate was two percent, or I'm sorry, 02 mm-hmm. percent. Um, no two percent okay yeah two yeah, percent so um middle you know middle-aged people one to two percent over 80 twenty percent that that's a lot of people so so let's talk about risk factors if you're a smoker if you're over let's just say me and you reigns i'm overweight i might as well be 80 you smoke you might as well be 80 yeah so so, i'm not worried
2: about getting this disease and dying from it i'm really not i'm i'm myself we went to a party a birthday party last night and i told my wife this is it we're not going anywhere else after this okay we're not going to any more gatherings we're not going out we're just gonna wait you know because we can do that you know i'm fine with just sitting in my garage
1: so 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 reigns let me ask you this what do you think two percent of the uh population of a typical elementary school would be let's say it's bad mm. let's say, let's say uh let's say that uh american kids don't have an immunity to it like the south koreans
4: let, let,
2: let me give you a better statistic one that's equally horrifying but less uh less subjective this the head of the cdc said they're looking at 70 million infections in the, sta- in, the in the united states before it's all over with Two percent of seventy million is one point four million. That's one point four million
1: deaths. Okay, that's from this virus alone. That's the top end. But let's let's say we go my route and we stretch it out. And I got on a fishing shirt and shorts sitting here right now. It's seventy two degrees in Daphne, Alabama. Okay, according to the president, who really understands this, um, when the weather heats up, it's all over with. Yeah. Yeah, the that. president's
2: full of shit. He's absolutely <laughs> lost his damn mind. The, the U.S. government is doing what the U.S. government always does and is completely failing at what they're trying to do.
1: Well, I don't they know are if they're just, they are, failing, but they're three weeks behind in what they need to be doing. No, they're completely failing. Well, I'm going to tell
2: you this, and people might not be happy with it, but 48 hours ago, that president <laughs> was going to get reelected in a landslide. Now it ain't looking so damn hot.
1: Well, I don't. So, I don't care. Any, listen, I want him to do well in this situation. I want him to be John F. Kennedy during the damn Cuban Missile Crisis. Then he on, to the, on the spot.
0: Then he, he needs, needs to start listening. It's not going to happen. He needs to listen to science. If that's what you want.
1: All right. So let me give you the optimistic numbers range. My my numbers that I think are much more probable, given the given the fact that. Even when the government's doing jack squat, the NBA makes the decision to end their season. It's the private sector that's making the hard calls for the benefit of the people, okay? So most optimistic, a million people infected, 35,000 dead. Most optimistic, right? And this is coming from... uh, uh, let's see, was it Harvard? 20 to 60% get infected in the next six months. Fatality rates of uh, half a percent means 300,000 people are going to die. Um, in Italy, it has 18 million people. The hospitals are overwhelmed. And this is not the regular old flu. I talked about how the, the resulting condition, COVID-19, is caused by coronavirus, and it's not the flu. Uh, just imagine... Okay, think about the last time you had the flu. You went to the urgent care or you went to the hospital. There were plenty of people to take care of your whatever. What are you going to do if you get the regular old flu that kills thousands of people a year? Uh, 80,000 people died in 2019. Right. From the flu, regular flu.
2: I'm telling you, this has very little to do with the mortality rate of this virus. This virus is has punched holes in the fragile U.S. economy, and is going to completely collapse it. And I stand by that. It is going to overwhelm the healthcare system in this country. There will be riots when people start getting turned away in hospitals in two weeks.
0: Well, the other thing too is, you know, the most dangerous thing we do is drive our automobiles. That's like what fifty thousand
1: people a year. Thirty-five thousand.
0: Thirty-five. Thirty-five
1: thousand people a year in traffic fatalities fatalities, and we spend millions of dollars on things like impact attenuators on interstates and ribbon rails and trying to keep people from running off the road and flipping their car. Uh, but we, you know, we, we don't have a plan for something that everybody knew was coming and comes every 15 years. Um, so we need to be vigilant.
2: The fact that we don't have a plan, we are the first world. We are the top We one of the top societies on this planet. And we don't have a plan to deal with this. We don't have a good plan to deal with this. It is going to tank the economy. It is going to overwhelm the U.S. healthcare system completely and totally. I'm telling you right now, there are already first responders that are sick, that are working sick because they can't not work.
1: And they're going to have to work sick.
2: And they're going to have to keep going to work. It, the, the <laughs> My biggest thing right now, the thing I'm angry about, is people trying to marginalize this with any kind of statistic at all. But the time to panic is gone. You might as well just kick back and watch it burn. This is going down. It's going down bad.
1: I and so. I, I, I agree that we're going to have, it's going to distress our healthcare system. And if people are smart, they will. They will self-isolate. They will do. They will not shake hands. They will not touch their face. They will use their elbow to open doors and um, yeah, but you push have elevator have, buttons. You've got
0: to have the testing. Just, uh, and on
1: thousands of bases, not hundreds. I mean,
0: you go, listen to what Rain said. 40, Forty in the entire VA. we got 370,000 veterans in Alabama. I mean, look at the millions, and we've got, what,
1: 1,200 tests out? Yeah, and don't – if you're sick – call your doctor tell him what your symptoms are they may not want you coming to the emergency room at North Baldwin Infirmary mm-hmm. if you think if they think you have coronavirus they it would don't. make sense to me that we would designate a hospital in Baldwin County to receive those patients and move i, I mean when it gets it, if it turns out we got 5000 people with coronavirus and everybody over 80 needs a ventilator hey paul do you think the giant brains at the Alabama Department of Health even know how many ventilators there are in the state of Alabama? Uh, absolutely not. We'll I guarantee you they don't know. I guarantee you there's not. You know, and the, and so we just spent uh, the Alabama Legislature just passed this bill, going to create a uh, some kind of early warning system, like where they can text everybody in the state of Alabama or whatever. Just imagine if they just spent that time inventorying uh, inventory and respirators and seeing how, you know, making sure that, that uh, the people were safe from a pathogen that we knew, that we had. Let me, let me give you stamina.
2: let me give you an idea. Let me let me give you an idea. Um, in Jackson County, Mississippi, and it's probably indicative of the counties in lower Alabama as well. In Jackson County, Mississippi, there are hundred and eighty eight ventilator equipped beds for health care. According to the Public Health Service, 188. Now, anybody that catches this virus that's going through chemo is going to get one. Anybody catches this virus that's over 80, going to get one. Kids going to get one. There's 188 in the entire county in Houston. We are the medical capital of the South. Right. Right. We have less than six thousand beds. There are 5 million people in the city and there are less than 5,000 beds equipped with ventilators. And we are the medical capital of the South. You're not, it's going to completely overwhelm our public health service. Absolutely. Incomplete.
0: Look how many venues have been canceled. All right. So I got Look at the, con- the convention
2: business is done for, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the service industry is collapsing right now. All Delta right. just laid off 40% of their staff. In a nice PR type way.
1: I get it, man, but you're still harping on the economy. I said the economy's over with. we we need to focus on what people can do to keep themselves safe. So let's let's stop beating the shit out of the economy because okay. the economy's All over
2: right. with. If you want to keep yourself safe, you gotta stay home. And I think you're giving people well, you say, Well, smart people do this. You're giving people way too much credit because people aren't smart. As a whole. They're just not.
0: And, All they're, right. easy. and they're still Easy to panic. Going to be people that go, yeah. It's it's, it's
1: stay home, self, so just isolate yourself. So so the stay home. So the typical reproductive rate for every for every person that gets this disease, they will infect three point eight people. That's the standard.
2: Yeah, do the do the do the algebra on that, and figure out what the
1: infection rate is. So so the, so, the, so the flatter that we can, so if everybody's going to get it and everybody gets it at one time, it stresses the system. If, if, if it's gradual and by the end of the summer it tapers off and we don't have to worry about it till next year, and that's another thing, get ready for COVID-19 because it's going to be just like the flu and we're going to see it again next year and we're going to have to come up with some kind of vaccine. The or solution is testing.
0: The solution is testing. That's the solution. That's what happened in North Korea. That's what happened in China. And Italy is duplicating their systems, and that's what we are not prepared to do. It's testing. You don't know if it's around you or not. And the only way you can suppress it is to test it, find the core groups, and then suppress the core groups from getting
1: out. So there's a... a some vocabulary words that I'm going to be giving you at the end of the podcast. I don't want to bore you with them now, but community spread, mortality rates, latent period, incubation period. I'll run through all those. Oh. So let's talk about local closings, Paul. Um, well, what the, all's going on around here? Auburn University, of course. Uh, let me pull yeah. out my got my Auburn Superman, Superman shirt Superman on under, shirt. under here. Uh, they were one of the first to go to tell students not to come to class. Everything is going to be online. <laughs> um, I believe the University of South Alabama. Is right, that right? They're, right. They're going to online classes.
0: And uh, the biggie on the Eastern Shore, of course, is the uh, Eastern Shore Arts and Crafts Center. I mean, uh, festival each year, and uh, I know that they really thought long and hard about that. The sponsors, and I think on Fairhope, the sponsors and Councilman Brown were pushing to go ahead and go with the uh, go with Arts and Crafts Festival, but the uh, mayor was very reluctant and finally the council agreed and one of the things that i don't think some of the council were thinking about especially mr brown i don't know what he was thinking about uh, uh, jeopardizing health like that though is that these these uh, big uh, festivals like this the vendors are from all over the united states And they go from one venue to another to another. So, I mean, you know, if it was just some local people and a local festival, that'd be one thing. But you you got these people coming from um, out of town and sometimes out of country. So I think it was very, very prudent on the uh, mayor's part and uh, city council to uh, just take the hit on it and cancel
1: it. Too high risk. So, what about uh, the Gulf Shores Drug Fest Hangout Fest? Uh, <laughs> Forty thousand people from all across the country are coming here the weekend of May thirteenth through the fifteenth. That's uh, about six weeks out, so they'll they'll probably have
0: to wait another two or three weeks to see what happens. I think the next week we're gonna um, is going to be very telling for us.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. Next week yeah. is going to be the bellwether. Because that'll end the five-day incubation period, you know, for um, asymptomatic transfer, and our cases are going to leap. I mean, this is exponential algebra at this point. Correct. It's uh, the, the simple the simple math tells us that we're you know next week is going to be compound exponentially, and week after that as well. And then, then maybe containment will start taking effect, to stop further spread. Right. But uh, two weeks. Two weeks of no economy—that's that's
0: uh, the end. I, I really, and you try to plug that hole by coming up with some um, uh, incentive or plan or payment plan. That's uh, where you getting that money from? You know, you're talking billions exactly. and billions.
2: That's one of my favorite uh, favorite things. That you know, if there's any bright side to any of this, it's been my absolute just laughing at all the hardcore Republicans around here who are going, well, who's going to pay our payroll taxes and who's going to help out small businesses. Are they going to bail us out? I'm like, Hey, that's what you call socialism, right?
1: Well, (laughs) so so rains. I want to point you to two more resources. Uh, have you ever listened to the ringer podcast? It's a a sports Mm -hmm. podcast out of LA. They had a Malcolm Gladwell. He's a celebrity doctor. Um, he was on there yesterday, very good. Uh, he's, he's saying 40 to 70% of the population will be infected in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, also, uh, the Rogan podcast, day before yesterday, uh, R- Joe Rogan 1439, Michael Orstrom, o- Ostrom uh, is an infectious disease expert. I think he's in a think-take at the University of Michigan Medical School, but don't hold me to that. Uh, Just two more places you can go look. Don't take my word for it. Um, So basketball, baseball, rock concerts, pretty much everything is canceled, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, So... Any idea, has anybody heard anything from the governor of the state of Alabama about this since President Trump's uh, official notice? Yeah, recently. So we also got a call right before we started saying that there's been a case reported in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, in Montgomery County, Alabama. So Alabama is no longer uh, coronavirus-free. And that, that just came to us a few minutes ago. All right. I want to switch gears real quick. This is a dumb question
2: and I should know because I was born there, but is Montgomery the county seat of Montgomery County? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. I, I, I didn't know that was Montgomery County. I had forgotten what County that was.
1: Yeah. Donnie's their County. I know their County administrator pretty well up there. Um, all right. So while this goes on, The world will continue to spin, and right now we want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the Alabama legislature, okay? These are some bills that we've talked to you about before. Um, We got some correction from one of our listeners. Uh, We quoted House Bill 208. It's actually House Bill 203 related to the Barnwell uh, Historic Preservation District, but we actually got that from a newspaper article. Right, right. <laughs> so that
0: they that, quoted it wrong.
1: That's on Guy Busby.
0: Oh, uh, right. Uh, and you know, it, it the thing that gets me is we get this legislation, it comes in by our legislative delegation, and they're going up there and proposing this legislation. And none of the 14 municipalities had any idea that they were going to propose anything before they did it. And so then you have the municipalities trying to correct.
1: Well, but when's the last time you saw uh ta- the tax man at a city council meeting? Yeah. I've never seen him at one. Mm-hmm. Nor any of the other like, elect- well, I might you might see Macmillan at a at a county commission meeting, but, but I mean we we got this one
0: the the 203 now. Uh that's uh, really going to impact the um uh, uh, Fairhope area and on March 12th city council meeting they passed a resolution number 15 that the City Council opposes the current form of HB 203 and opposes the introduction of any further bills to create landmark districts within Baldwin County until the aforementioned issues in this resolution are agreed upon and worked out to a mutual satisfaction of all affected parties and requests that the resolution be provided to each member of the Baldwin County legislative delegation and to other interested members of the Alabama Legislature. And uh, most importantly, is uh, the mayor has stated, uh, Mayor Wilson in Fairhope, that nobody really has a problem with the Barnwell creating a landmark district. It's just what is making up the di- district. The unincorporated area south of our incorporated limits, Wilson said, it's 44 square miles. It includes other areas that have existed long before. Barnwell, including parts of Point Clear, Clay City, Battlesworth, Fusonville, Tatumville, Marlow, and Fish River, and as I understand it, twelve of the fourteen municipalities have such resolutions trying to killed the bill that they introduced and never told anybody before they introduced. So thank you Mr. Faust for that.
1: All right, rain, so the interesting thing about this is some of the most valuable real estate in the United States is southeast of or due south of Fairhope um and uh south it's it's kind of east of their corporate limits and south. 44 square miles have been put in uh, of property have been put into this district and basically the All it does, it says, um, local zoning can't be enforced here, nor can we ever be annexed. So, paradoxically, what's going to happen is Baldwin County Sewer Service is going to go in there and provide utilities, and it's going to be Katie Bar the door on development. These people think that they're fending off development. Development's coming. The property's too valuable. The question is, is do you want the city to have some kind of organized, process for this chaos or do you just want uh things springing from the ground like is Deadwood South Dakota. You well, know? you
0: then then you have Senate Bill 142 uh by the taxman Mr. Elliot, of course nobody knew if this was coming up either and that would abolish extraterritorial jurisdictions for any city or town in Alabama and would restrict police and planning authority to within the municipal limits, so <laughs> you look at the landmark thing, and then what uh, Elliot's wanting to do. You're talking about changing the entire structure of uh, Baldwin County with these type of things.
1: And just so you know, the the tax man's bill was read into the Senate record on February 6th and sent to committee. Right. So, so it's in the it's in the local governmental affairs committee of the Senate.
0: So I think really what they should do is table the 203 and also come up with a more defined um, uh, jurisdiction if they want to do that. I don't think that they can just encompass what they want. But now one thing that did go through uh, was uh, uh, the medical marijuana bill SB
1: 165.
0: That was a a 21 to 10 vote. 21 to 10 uh, approval
1: by the Senate, so now it goes to the House.
0: Right. Progress. And uh, understand that uh, Che Gehrigan, the cannabis, medical uh, cannabis uh, lobbyist, had quite a uh, good bit to do with uh, just passing, attended all the meetings and pushed it through. Um, Also is representing the hemp industry, which uh, is going to come into play, in fact, uh, just uh, throw a little human interest in here in between. Uh, You can now, uh, in our favorite magazine, uh, Lanyap by Allison Shepard, Orange Beach Restaurant adds hemp to the menu. So if you want to try uh, nachos a different way, try the Anchor Bar and Grill in Orange Beach, and you can have uh, marijuana on top of your slow-smoked pork. (laughs) So try that. Sons the thc <clears throat> but let's hope that this goes to the house uh, this is non-smokable medical marijuana uh, also uh che garrigan's leading an effort to form a medical marijuana for veterans group which i found it very hard to believe that there wasn't one but there isn't so let's hope that the uh, that bill goes through the house
2: let's oh talk. paul don't don't you worry there's There's plenty of marijuana groups for veterans. I just don't call it medical marijuana right
0: now. Correct, correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got a lot of... I am a
1: proud member of a marijuana group for (laughs) veterans, believe me. (laughs) Let's talk about the Senate race. Does that that suit y'all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was getting to look even better. So, supposedly, Tuberville lives in Florida, according to the Sessions ads. And, of course, Tuberville's running... uh, Trump's uh, regret interview with uh, Have you seen that sixty Minutes interview where they say, "President, Mister President, do you have any regrets?" And he, without like even thinking, he goes, "Appointing Jeff Sessions." Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, he's really laid on. uh, He's really laid on Sessions. I'm telling you, boy he he's going to take that uh, all the way down. And Tuberville looks like. you know that he's going to win over Jeff Sessions, which I would have never believed. And he lives in Santa Rosa Beach, as I understand it. so he he's only moved back to qualify for the race. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes, but I do want to work, wanna, work I, for Hillary Clinton uh, well, I want to yeah. go I want to yeah. go on the record that uh, the way I see it is that uh, if Tuberville beats, sessions that that gives Doug Jones a little bit of an edge on beating uh Tuberville because there'll be a lot of people that see a weakness there and don't want to elect a football coach so we'll see how that turns out
1: let's talk about the first congressional uh Alabama first congressional race
0: yeah I'm not endorsing anybody yet on the uh, uh senate thing and normally I don't endorse anybody but uh Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> the first conde- congressional district is uh, really heating up with a lot of false ads this morning. I saw on the uh, WKRG, I think it was John Stewart, that uh, was analyzing two different ads. One was from Mr. Carl, the other one's from Mr. Hightower. And they were shooting holes in both of them, not really uh, endorsing either one, but saying both were guilty, so to speak, of uh, having very negative ads. Now, the 1st Congressional District includes Escambia, Monroe, Baldwin, and Mobile County and part of Clark County. So these, we started off with five candidates. Uh, the RIP report and uh, suggested that you vote for anyone other than the Uh, catalyst candidate the catalyst candidate is uh hightower and now we have two candidates left and that's mr hightower and mr jerry carl so um i can tell you that uh there are a lot of similarities between the two candidates, but the one thing that is different is that Mr. Hightower is Catalyst. And anybody that knows Catalyst knows that this is a good old boy group founded and grown, homegrown here in Baldwin County. And uh, many of the people that they have elected or have been appointed to an office, as many as seven I can just recite right off the top of my head, have been involved with uh, personal game within their appointed or elected position. So Catalyst is something that Mobile... It's a coincidence. Yeah. uh-huh.
1: Total uh, coincidence.
0: The last thing we need to do is send a uh, Catalyst candidate to the swamp. I mean, that's just uh, mm-hmm. about as ridiculous as you can get. So I uh, hope people are paying attention. And if they say, what's the difference between the two? Jerry Carl is not Catalyst. And high tower is. And the other thing I like about Mr. Carl was, uh, uh, of course, I'm a little bit prejudiced here, was that his son was in the uh, Marine Corps and that uh, he realizes that there's quite a bit to be done for veterans, uh, not only on health care, but compensation and claims. So uh, Jerry Carl all the way. We don't need catalysts. Pay attention, people. Don't be voting for somebody because someone else told you that, you know, that's who you should vote for and you don't know what catalyst is. Educate yourself on that. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, that's so fact. I want to talk about a, an ongoing um, appeal. Do you have that one ready, Paul? Fight for your rights. Uh, Condo owner seeks to uphold judicial remedies for alleged fraud by Gabriel Times. Right, that's Lanyap. Yeah. All right, so this is a app article, and I'm going to boil it down for you in 10 seconds. When you buy a condo pre-construction, you talk to the realtor, you talk to the developer, they have no idea how much money they're going to... No, They know how many pre-sales they need to make because you're basically the bank for the developer when you pre-buy. So they file a declarations page when they think they know what they're going to build and they say how many units it is and what the and put restrictions in there about use. I mean a lot of times it's residential only or maybe that can be of ancillary use for a rental office or something like that. What's going on here is Brett Robinson who built uh, Phoenix on the Bay uh, number two which is over on Terry's Cove. You, did you ever go to Gulf Gate in your day? Gulfgate gate lodge or did you miss that i think i might have missed it right. well anyway it's right next to the gulf gate for any of you locals um so so anyhow uh when they when they filed their initial uh uh declarations they said we're gonna have x number of units and that was it they and it, and there were restrictions uh and things like that so then after they built it They filed another declarations page and put all this, you know, all this self-dealing stuff in there. Like uh, they added four uh, commercial units that these people didn't even know were in the uh, were in the declarations. They they didn't realize that they had to use the company that built the condo to rent all of their units for the next twenty years. I mean, there were just a lot of things that, and at any point in time, I guess the the developer could go back and amend those, those declarations. Um, I don't know of anything that, that stops them from doing that two or three or four declarations. So what's happened here is Judge Stankoski came in and he says, no, you can't do this. And these four units, I'm carving them up and I'm giving them equally to the 104 owners of the individual units. And, of course, the developers are just screaming bloody murder the uh, there are all these Amicus briefs from the uh, all these uh, the Association of Realtors. I could go on and on about it, but that's the bottom line. And uh, I actually agree with Judge Stankowski on this one. I think it's. I don't think they ought to be able to bait and switch people. Um, when, if you're not sure what you're going to build, don't file your declarations page yet. That's the simple answer. Do your due diligence. Quit being sloppy. They went back to, through some of these things, like at the Carib resort that Wireman did. Uh, the the uh, initial declarations in 2002 said, said that they would have X number of units, and they filed another one in 2005 that says there's 192. It went from 192 to 203. Pretty significant. Might be a whole another level on the building. Who mm-hmm. knows? But um, th- when these people give a developer $350,000 for a product that's not built yet, I think they need some guarantees from the law that says this is what they're going to get. And Brett Robinson or any other, other developers, they shouldn't be able to come back after the project's completed and change the terms of the of the declarations of the condo association. I agree with Judge Stankoski on this. I hope that, uh, and I'm wondering if this Ms. Montgomery, who is the head of the, it says she worked at a title company. I'm wondering if she worked for the Owens down at Gulf Shores Title. I think I might know who she is.
0: I don't know, but I agree with you on this one. Kind of reminds me Absolutely. of the. Uh, the Seinfeld thing about condos—you know—they call it condoism.
1: <laughs> so, there's condoism. Get, all right, one
0: kind of problem after another.
1: Yes, sir. <clears throat> all right, so I want to get to an a, a follow-up. Of course, this we we really haven't talked about this case very much. Um, Rains, you'll remember uh, our second podcast was Friday the thirteenth of September that resulted right. in my security pass being revoked to the damn courthouse for a hundred hundred days or it was more than 90 days. I can promise you that. Um, mm-hmm. so this article, it Paul, I'm going to let Paul go through it with you and I'm going to comment. It's, it's called officer involved and it's relating. I'm going to, I'm going to let Paul. This, this it. is
0: the, uh, latest land Uh, and again, uh, I encourage people to get the lanyap because you're not getting this anywhere else. Uh, This is the only place you can be reading this and finding out what's going on in your county. Uh, Officer involved lawsuit filed against Baldwin County deputies over the deadly 2018
1: eviction. Just by Gabriel times. I remember this. Hold on. So, range they go to evict a guy and just give me a bullet count. How many times they shoot the guy? Or how many bullets were fired? There were 114 round shot. Okay, so before you hear anything else, your your hair should be standing up on the back of your neck. Is it 114 rounds?
2: 114 rounds.
0: Right. Oh, Reigns, Wait till you hear this one. This this one. I mean, this one here is something else. All now, right. go ahead. Give us the facts. All right. Well, <laughs> this is. Uh, 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 On this one, i got to kind of read a good bit of it to give you the thing. But the daughter of the man who was killed at Baldwin County Law Enforcement Officers during the process of an eviction order in 2018 has filed a federal lawsuit alleging constitutional violations, negligence, excessive force, deliberate indifference to her father's safety, and medical needs, among other counts. Get your ass a cop cam. Naming as defendants is Huey Huey, Haas Mack. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is number four of loss of uh incidents. You know, if you remember we had the individual, young man that uh supposedly committed suicide by strangling himself with the seatbelt. That's the most bizarre thing uh-huh. I've ever heard in my life. Then we have the incident where the deputy in an unmarked car is chasing him down I-10 the wrong way and Three people are burned to death and five are killed. That has now resulted in a lawsuit. Then we have the long gun incident where the man ran off the road and was killed holding a fanny pack.
1: And all these would be... Potentially someone who was dazed and injured... Walking wounded. Nobody knows because we can't see the body cam footage. Which Lanyap is trying to get the, the whole time, and they're
0: throwing up every type of roadblock there is. And now we go back to the And I tor- need to say this
1: this one thing, Paul, and I hate to interrupt you. No, in the you, middle, don't. Something like, really no you don't. I really don't. <laughs> so, And I don't know his name. There's a Republican House member from Satsuma, and he just proposed a bill that states... It's real It's real short and sweet. It says, body cam footage is not a public record. Now, how in the hell can that be true? Right. Well, they don't want to use
0: drones to look at environmental damage either, so nothing surprises All me. All right. But, keep
1: going with this story.
0: Well, this lawsuit is filed by uh, Amy Yates, Robert's daughter and personal representative of the estate. Uh, And about uh, 1.30 p.m. on March 5th, the landlord and his son, Don, and Tim DeBorge stood on Yates' stoop alongside deputies Robert Corina and Greg Smith before the property owners broke Yates' door down with a sledgehammer. At that point one de- deputy entered announcing this is a sheriff's office while the other walked around to secure the back of the trailer. It was then the complainant claims Yates hid in his bathroom, grabbed a gun and fired a warning shot, the only warning shot during the in- uh, the only shot that he shot during the entire time of this incident, which prompted both deputies to take cover behind a truck in the yard and fire weapons into yates home while calling for backup here's where it gets good when the swat team arrived they came with their military style vehicles incendiary uh, grenades and weaponry and cleared the local area of all residents surrounding yates's home allegedly one of the swat team members was deputy justin corina the son of robert corina suggesting the plaintiff had some uh, evidence subsequently provided by investigators. The complaint claims Robert Corina warned his son about getting involved due to the potential conflict of interest, but the younger deputy said he was going to go in and kill this effort if I have to. For the next five hours, the complaint says the SWAT team tore the windows and walls apart armed with a Bearcat vehicle and used tear gas, concussion grenades, and or flashbangs on Yates' home. <laughs> Yates has suffered from, has a history of mental illness, and so, and his family was never called to try to negotiate this. In fact, Amy Yates, when she learned of the situation, called, and her phone call was uh, intercepted by uh, the police, and she said, well, let me talk with him, and but she was never... Uh, uh, talked to and by this time the defendants were dead set on killing yates and at about 6:30 p.m the decision was made to breach the yates residence with all of the swat team's firepower although the situation was not that bad nor was there an emergency nor had yates threatened anyone's life since firing the first warning shot based on bullet holes in the home and shell casings over 114 rounds were shot Justin Corina allegedly the, fired a minimal of thirty rounds from his AR-15 into the front into the house. As that, a, that that would be a clip. Yeah, they right. they yep. spread an entire magazine. They spread more fire all around the inside of the home, leaving Yates critically wounded and in the need of medical attention. At least eight deputies fired weapons, according to the complaint, and Yates was killed. But the complaint said the headshot did not kill him. He had three other wounds. In the press conference the day after Yates' death, uh, Lieutenant Judd Beattie, the Daphne Police Department member of the major crime unit, said there was two incidental units, one with the Sheriff's Department and one when they breached it with the um, uh, SWAT team. I wanted to read you something here. Was... um, Uh, I thought was particularly egregious. And it was that um, after the situation, well, what they did was after this gentleman was dead, uh, they didn't call for medical transport until early the next morning on the following so they day they had to count
1: all the damn bullet holes and figure yeah. out whose weapon killed him but probably. they
0: called for medical transport until the next morning the following day amy yates claims the landlord de borg gave her this is after her father is killed now gave her 24 hours to remove her father's belongings before he was going to scrap the now battered and bullet hole trailer my god my god I Where mean, come sit? on, people. This is four cases in a row with the sheriff's department. This is not one thing. I mean, it, you, know, you know what I think we should do is uh, I think the RIP report is going to contact Lanyap and pay for a free subscription to be delivered to the uh, FBI because somebody's got to be reading this, it needs to step in and do something. Um, uh, uh, Four cases That man
2: was I'll say it And it'll be said on this podcast That man was murdered Absolutely By those police
0: Absolutely, three hundred rounds into an into for for a simple eviction. All right, so let's talk about this. I mean, one hundred and fourteen. Sorry,
2: no de-escalation at all. None. It was balls to the wall from the get go. That man was murdered. Didn't call the family. He was not killed by police. He was murdered by police.
1: Didn't call a family. Nobody to try to negotiate. So, him out. so range. You remember when those, uh, Chesh and terrorists took over that damn. Uh, I believe it was in cool, Russia and yeah. Moscow. Oh yeah. In that o- big no, theater. it wasn't, it
2: was in Odessa. It was in the Ukraine. Okay, right. it was in
1: the Ukraine. And and do you remember they weaponized something like halothane? Uh they they knocked everybody out with gas. Yeah. Why, why don't why don't yep. we have some kind of less lethal method? Of course, they screwed up. The because they didn't set
2: up. Less than lethal wouldn't have had anything to do with what happened to that man. That man, they set out to murder that man, and they did it. That's all I'm going to say about it. There ain't no less than lethal. There ain't no nothing. Those police murdered that man. There ain't no bean bags or methylene gas or anything else. They murdered him. They set out to murder him, and the FBI and the Justice Department should be involved, and every one of them officers should get
0: the chair. I swear the, to God. the Justice Department should be all over it. This is like three out of four incidents are involved in uh, federal lawsuits all, all already, and uh, the one with the kid strangling himself with the seatbelt,
1: man, well, that's got to that, be, it, that's and, and come that's up. what, and just you know that compounded with a lot of other things going on around here is the reason that we're sitting here at this table today with the green screen and all this Correct. equipment and everything. Correct. Is yep. because when I yep. when I was involved in this case uh, with the seatbelt, people had a hard time believing me when I told them the story. And then I would say, "Well, hell, just read the deposition." What what podcast was that? That was number two. It's that number was two. the last Friday the thirteenth that yeah. we uh, yeah so Friday thirteenth. Anybody 13, that yeah. cares to hear all about that, uh, go back and listen to number two. And this is the cover uh, for it b- behind us. If you're scrolling through YouTube looking for the. Uh, the thumbnail for the video. Um, where do you go from there, Paul? Uh, well, a
0: little bit of extra uh, Fairhope uh, news. Uh, one, and.
1: <laughs> Fairhope Arts and Crafts Fair next week. <laughs> uh, you can buy that's... a rubber band gun from your grandkids so they can protect yeah. themselves from the Sheriff's Department.
0: Fairhope's Art and Crafts is canceled. And uh, also, what else did not work out was the. Uh, Greeno Road overlay again in the Lanyap. putting the no in Greeno Fairhope Planning Commission <laughs> denies the controversial zoning
1: amendment and uh, and that was a form based code based on how close you were to a major intersection and it was very complicated I think it was a good plan I think it was a little too complicated for the
0: well some it, of the it I Evidently it was, and it started out as a 44-page document. It was additionally, uh, initially proposed in uh, 2018. Now, the Greeno Road corridor, I know from my own experience, I have spent 14 years this thing has come up again and again and again. And the only thing that I say is that uh, every pro- property right owner has a right to do and say what they want to, but is the protection of the road, that it's not junked up and everything else. And um, uh, I think that was the original intent. And that 44-page document was honed down after many public meetings and many much public participation. It was ho- honed down to 11 pages, but yet uh, uh, one of the commissioners, Art Dias, was not able to – Uh, secure a second on his motion to approve the corridor. City Councilman Kevin Boone broke his silence on the matter afterwards to make a motion to deny the measure, one that was seconded by Commissioner Commissioner. Uh, Clarice Hall Black ultimately denial and approval by a 4 2 with Turner and Dias dissenting. Glad to see that. I think that's what they should have done. Although it was denied by the commission, it will still be presented to the Fairhope City Council for consideration and just uh, absolutely no telling what the City Council of Fairhope will do. So we'll have to wait till it gets there. But I think that that is a moot issue until it comes up again, maybe in the next administration. But I still say that uh, I hate to see things that there's no resolution. In other words, you know, it's my way or the highway. You can't come up with any other uh, solution. I think that's... uh, a bad policy. I think you should have to come up with some solution, compromise somewhere.
1: All right, Paul, I hope you wet your whistle because uh, you got the next one too. Uh, Damn the torpedoes, which is the uh, Rob Holbert's um, editorial that he does every week. Uh,
0: correct. And uh, let the sun shine in. And this is uh, a lot about the, for the past several months, uh, Lanyap has been suing for the body cam footage where well, that's a uh, motorist that we were telling you about with the, uh, fanny pack Jonathan yeah the fanny-
1: now the the interesting thing about the Fanny pack was wasn't shot with a sidearm he was shot with a long gun correct correct okay. and you and you just wonder how it transpired
0: that the man runs off the road he appears to be in some type of trouble or something they stop to help him and then all of a sudden it ends up with him being shot and killed so because he's um, got something in his hand correct and won't comply with their orders and and now and you know we have the body cam, we have body cam footage but they don't want to release it and yet at the same time we have uh people arguing about open uh records things and uh uh ways that they can keep these tapes out of our hands and in Baldwin County, some judges have taken to, this is Mr. Holbert talking in Baldwin County, some judges have taken to stealing court records for no other reason than one of the litigants doesn't want people to see them. And the Alabama law enforcement agency last week told us their investigation into the daily accident on I-10 last year that culminated in the Baldwin County Sheriff's deputy chasing the headlong car traffic in interstate traffic is not public record. Ward and Representative Chip Brown are even pushing a bill that would severely restrict where drones can fly, and that's looking for pollution violations. Uh, Maybe over the next week or two at home to avoid.
1: Oh, let's see. No, that's another part of it. Hey, dude, I want to back you up for a second. Yeah. (laughs) So remember how we talked last time and you said, oh, all the city clerks are against it and they killed the damn bill, blah, blah, blah. Remember all that? Right. Guess what happened Wednesday? What? Cam Ward said, I'm going to filibuster the damn Senate if y'all don't put my bill back on the floor. Okay. So the open open records law is not dead. He's threatening (laughs) a filibuster and um, I think he might get it. I mean, I think that, I, I got a feeling they're going to cave.
0: Well, you know, the thing that surprises, well, it doesn't surprise me, but, you know, transparency, accountability, and ethics, those are the three words every politician will say every time right before the election, and then once they're in, they want to restrict public records, they want to do this or that, they don't want to, no transparency, no accountability, and, you know, like I mentioned a while ago, uh, we've got a good old boy group here in Baldwin County called Catalyst, and, uh I mean, their motivation is to use their office for personal gain. I mean, you know, and nobody says anything. This stuff is being printed in the paper. Some and, of them. Some of them. Some, some of them. Some, well, now we're talking about catalysts,
1: most all of them. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. Correct. Um, along those same lines, and, and just if anybody keeps up with things like Paul and I do, if you go back and look, there are several developers in Baldwin County. Who have gone to the trouble to go back and close I don't know uh what what got the straw man caught. He had ninety-nine a L- hundred LLCs right, right. that were all uh the the registered agent's address was uh Somerdale. Yeah. His his real boss's home address. Right. Um, so so anyway, a lot of those LLCs, they've gone in and closed them all. Those and then there's a construction company that the uh the uh the judge down in fairhope owns i I noticed they've they've closed out a lot of their LLCs. well yeah but
0: you know that's what that was one of our complaints of the uh catalyst is run by scott boone his father is kevin boone who's on the city council of fairhope and he's, (coughs) he's got more uh llc's than uh Freckles on a redhead, and you know, part of every type hey. of subdivision that there is. That was a low damn blue. Coral <laughs> I mean, yeah, rains don't and rain in Houston. <laughs> Houston. <Damn. laughs> but but I mean, it's true. And then we go back. Uh, we go back a little bit later, and we start researching their LLCs, and all of a sudden, we see they dropped them. They dropped these and dropped this and everything to start covering their tracks. But that's the type of thing yeah. that I'm talking about with a good old boy and Catalyst and. You know they got a little piece of the action between all of them that they're passing around. Um, a little bit more, a little bit something on a
1: lighter note, and uh, um, I know we deer, gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta just this just in. Uh, our tech is a coastal student, and he just got a text message saying that all classes at Coastal have moved, been moved online. Yeah. So,
0: and yep. he and our tech predicted that before the show. <laughs> so that's pretty yep. good. But something on a little bit lighter note, uh, dear to all of our hearts uh, here in uh, South Alabama is uh, Gulf Shore Zoo. And they finally are moving into their new location. Um, I encourage everybody to take part in take your kids down. They have worked very, very hard. They went through hurricanes and floods and every other possible thing you could think of. Uh, but they persevered and now they're moving into a brand new location. So we wish them the best and hope everybody will take their kids or drop by and see it.
2: Fantastic. All right. I'll give you a little bit of i uh, I'll give you, I'll close mine out with a little bit of a lighthearted news. I, uh, I'm a, I'm pretty close to an eat the rich type of revolutionary that, uh, you know, I'm I'm really, uh, really again that big wealth, as they say. But I gotta say, the uh, there was a kid from Mount Olive, Mississippi, named Brayton. He goes to Harvard, and he was on the news the other day, getting interviewed by uh, Jake Tapper. And they they asked him, uh, you know, about Harvard going online and uh, they closed the campus. And you know, there's a lot of kids up there, including him, who are on hardship scholarships. You know, that Harvard gives those out to people who come from low income families. And uh, they can't afford to just go home. You know, he said, my roommate's from Mumbai. He said he can't afford to just jump on a plane and go home. He doesn't have nowhere to go. I mean, they closed the student housing. And I thought, man, what's what are they going to do? Well, they waited until it was done to publicize it. But an alumni went down to the student center with a damn American Express card and said, anybody needs a ticket home or hotel room, come see me. And he shelled it out for every single student that needed it. Now they didn't publicize it until it was all done with because they didn't want people showing up and trying to take advantage of him. But an alumni showed up and said, Hey, this is a black, this is a black mastercard on the black, uh, Amex, but whatever you got, you need a flight, let's book it. You need a hotel. Let's book it. You need bus fare. Let's book it. I'm going to take care of you. Harvard takes care of his people. And I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. I wish more. I think that represents what the private sector is capable of in this country and a libertarian like me. I'd really like to see him step up.
0: Well, I think, you it's, know, the NBA, uh, yeah. the
2: NBA is going to make the play. Yeah. You know, NBA is going to make the call. MLB is going to make the call. Fantastic. Keep doing what you do. Walmart. I'm looking at you. You're going to pay checks? Right. you going to checks for people to stay home. Let's, let's step up. Let's, the, let's the, make this happen.
0: The sports industry. Uh, I think that was, uh, very encouraging sports industry, uh, stepped up first. And now you have a yep. lot of the, uh, sports CEOs of, uh, these, uh, Teams and stuff that are covering expenses for the people that are, you know, working in the
1: events, not necessarily okay, well, the stars. Who gives a sh- – right. I don't care about NBA stars, but what I do care about is a quarter of the average worker workers in Alabama or in the United States, a quarter of them have no annual leave whatsoever, which means Correct. They, they don't have any sick leave. Right. What are the That's right. Mean, let them eat cake. Well, how about that? Exactly. I mean, how, how ridiculous.
2: Yeah. It's uh. that's what I'm saying. The private sector needs to step up. If you want to, you want to live in a libertarian paradise, let's show them how it's done. Step up and take care of your people. They're not. I'm just saying it for the philosophical (laughs) effect, but Mm -hmm. it's uh. it is what it is. I'll close it with that.
1: All right. So I got, (laughs) I got one more, uh, thing I want to point everybody to, and we'll, uh, put a link on our website also um there was an article in the boston globe yesterday um related to travel bans coronavirus um it was written uh it's a it's a well-written article it it does a good job of explaining what's going on and uh, it was written by several contributors from the associated press um Many, many experts, I mean, there there's so many names on here. There are people reporting from Washington State, Rome, New York, London. Like I said, thank God there's still a little bit of press out there where they can all put their heads together and put together a story like this. It is fantastic. You need to go read it. Um, when we get done here, uh, I'm going to have a little uh, audio thrown on here at the end we are next door to By the Bay Pharmacy here in Daphne, and one of the PharmDs from next door has agreed to come over and give us a little rundown on vocabulary words and what we should be doing to uh, try to protect ourselves as much as we can. And like I said, we're all we're trying to do is stretch this thing out over 18 months so that we don't have a spike and a big run on our hospitals. So uh, everybody stay safe, stay diligent. Hopefully you have all your plans in place. If you don't, talk to your family members, and, uh, you know, if if grandma's pushing 80 and smoke for 20 years, maybe taking the grandkids over there to see her Sunday's not a good idea. Just be smart, yep. be safe, and um, if uh, hopefully the, the coal will continue to flow to uh, Alabama Power Company so the power stays on and all that kind of stuff. I don't imagine we're going to run into that kind of Armageddon or anything, but... But, yeah, a lot of people are going to get sick, and it's it's going to be trying time. So, everybody, and stay safe. And don't touch your face uh, and wash your hands.
0: And in Baldwin County, pay particular attention. You know, we have the first congressional district race as well as the Senate race coming up March 31st. Uh, please pay attention, and don't vote for a Catalyst candidate. We need to get rid of this Catalyst group, this good high old boy tur- group. turkeys, and you know what to say They're, about a high-stepper. That's right. Tell us about that high-stepper. <laughs>
1: All right, guys. (laughs) I hope you all have a good weekend. We're going to try to get this audio up as quick as we can so that it's timely. And uh, you guys be safe. Have a good weekend.